the gloves are about to come off. It is time to drop your butt. <laughs> Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross, and I am joined by my guest co-host, who I ain't buying shit for Christmas, Ricard <laughs> Foyer. Hello, Ricard. Hi. Why don't I get Christmas presents? <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about week two of Australian Survivor Blood versus Water. It's been... A super messy week, and there is lots to dive into. Lots of good, lots of bad. Uh, it's going to be a fun chat. Ricard, what did you think of this week? Um, you know, this well, this last episode made up for a trash week. I was just mm-hmm. so frustrated. I was just so frustrated the first two episodes. Everything was pissing me off, and then all the messiness outside of the game is pissing me off. I'm just all around pissed off. But... Today's episode was really good. I'm happy with it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, we have, it feels really early for Australian Survivor to be throwing in an unnecessary twist, a non-elimination round. I'm not sure that it actually is too early for that. It just feels a little early. So, uh, and then of course, the fallout of that was good TV, but frustrating to watch uh, with Sophie staying in the game and causing the havoc that she has caused both uh, on the show and off the show. But we will get more into that. I mean, the the highlight for me this week is seeing Sandra continue to survive and not just survive, but thrive in terms of orchestrating blindsides and really just somehow continuing to get by. It's been fascinating to watch and it's been like very exciting after a couple of somewhat lackluster appearances by Sandra or, you know, I mean, she kind of got screwed in both scenarios, but, uh, you know, with the legend that is Sandra, her last couple of appearances on Survivor uh, didn't turn out great for her. And I know we're in early days here, but it's looking good. Even if she was to leave, I feel like she has put in an amazing amount of effort in a more physical game. Um, Mm -hmm disproving any thoughts about her not being willing to participate in challenges uh, and just showing through the edit the amazing strategist that she is uh, and it not just being the typical Sandra as long as it's not me. It's as long as it's not me and let me tell you why. And it's been really, really great to see and um, I hope she makes it far, but I think that she has proven herself in a way that really redeems game changers. It really redeems winners at war. I'm just, I'm very, very happy for her. Yeah. So let's get straight into it. Then we will start with a recap of episode four. And we are starting off at the blood tribe with the fallout of the Dave paranoia at tribal council where he's sort of managed to put the target onto himself forcing himself to play his idol and save himself Mm -hmm. 
of course, the the big story here, which will sort of continue on throughout these episodes and is yet to be resolved, is that Sandra is pissed that Dave targeted her, right? And now, if you remember last week, we talked about how Sam cast a stray vote for Sandra, knowing that Sandra would not be going home, and that, in fact, Kate went home. And so it's interesting here that it is not being addressed directly. Sandra's not really saying here, Dave voted for me, screw you, Dave. But the implication certainly is that Sandra is pissed that Dave came after her. And I have to imagine that that vote played some role in this. And and we'll see a couple episodes down the line that, yes, in fact, it did. Yes. Do you think that (laughs) Sam's stray vote is paying off in any way? I really do, especially um, without getting ahead of myself episode five and episode six, I think it really is showing the weight of this, of the anger of having a vote cast against you. Um, Sam played this phenomenally. I think I'm just disappointed with the fact that the edit doesn't allow for Sam to actually say in very clarifying terms her intention. We can assume, and regardless of if it was an accident or not, It was a fantastic move, and I'm going to give her the credit whether it was intentional or not. I just kind of was hoping we would get that moment of, I did this on purpose, here's why. Yeah, me too. That would have been very nice. But I will say that Sam has gotten a very, very good showing this week. Again, Uh uh, she had a great showing last week. She's had a great showing this week. I think she's really emerging as a frontrunner, possible winner. Uh, I would really like to see her go far because there's just so many elements to her strategy that are really starting to blossom here. Um, Of course, Dave makes a public apology in front of the tribe for throwing Sam's name out at Tribal and calling her a social butterfly. And then Sam says in confessional that Dave was completely right about her game, actually, that he had totally blown up her game. Um, But she plays it off really well, I think, uh, in terms of sort of being like, well, this is just crazy Dave. This is juicy Dave <laughs> going off and uh, and not giving away that she's upset that sh- that he blew up her game, which I really appreciate. And so we see her sort of say like, you know, I, I need to get him out because he knows what I'm all about now. So he is going to be my target. Yeah, I... <laughs> I love that she just blatantly, she's honest. She's like, yeah, uh, I got caught, even though I don't think it was a very intentional catch by Dave. I think he just was throwing bullets (laughs) and one just happened to smack her. I don't even know if that's how that phrase worked. (laughs) Um, But regardless, there's still going to be the element of awareness now of sam and her game whether it be intentional accidental true not perceptions everything and in that moment dave gave the perception that she's a big player which she is and now she has to double team to hide that shit and i think i really i'm so impressed with her fucking edit and it's funny Mm -hmm. going into this we saw how she was in season two her and Mark, they didn't have the best showing. And so I didn't have the most, you know, 
respect for the fact that, oh, they could really have fixed their game. They really could come into this and know exactly what to do to fix their flaws or their shortcomings in their first game. And I I wasn't open-minded enough, I guess is the best way to say it. And then, you know, the first two episodes, I saw her and I was like, oh, she's doing well. But it was like in the back of my mind, I have Nina, Sandra, and Sam and Mark as almost like these figures that can't win because there's too much Mm. knowledge of them going in. And it's pretty cool that I'm seeing Sam's edit unravel or unfold before us. And it's not just that I love her on a personal level now. It's... I, in my mind, think there's no way she can win, and the edit is proving me wrong over and over again, which is solidifying to me, damn, she really could fucking win this. And it's really, really great to see. I love it. I have goosebumps for her. Yeah, I will say, I think, like, very few times in Survivor history have I seen someone in the position of Sam on their first season come back and really have learned from their mistakes and evolved into like truly a superior game player. I can like off the top of my head, I'm thinking of Parvati coming out of Cook Islands, going into Micronesia and uh, maybe Kelly Wentworth coming out of San Juan del Sur and going into second chance. Um, I think like those are, I'm sure there's more examples, but those are two where I'm like, look, didn't have a great showing first time out. Seems like they really studied the game, fixed their mistakes, and came in like focused and determined. And I'm really getting that sense from Sam, and it's really exciting to watch. Specifically, I I love that you said Wentworth because she's the first one that came to mind because she was in a blood versus water season. She had mm. that element of another person emotionally affecting her game. Another person that she was emotionally invested with affecting her game. And even though Sam and Mark were not married or in a relationship yet, they still had that type of dynamic. And that's what messed up their game. Or it's one of the big pieces that Mm -hmm. messed up their game. Now, what my hope is, because I had Kelly in mind when I saw Sam come back into the season, um, I was like, oh, but she's going to be an out. On, on the outside, Kelly never really was able to make those real deep relationships mm-hmm. to get her to the end. You know, she mm-hmm. wasn't a Tasha. She wasn't a Jeremy. She wasn't that in her, her second coming. And so I see a lot of promise for Sam to be able to solidify those real relationships she needs while also making the changes that Kelly made and the beast, showing the beast side of her too that Kelly showed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's oh. really exciting. Oh. Uh, over on the Water Tribe, we have royalty emerging with King Khan uh, really feeling in control of his tribe. He feels like he's in a very good position. Uh, I always get very nervous when somebody says that they're the ones pulling the strings or, you know, the phrase, I am the puppet master. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, hearing an interview with Katie Gallagher uh, from the past few years from Survivor Palau, where she talked about being uh, in filming confessionals and that they really wanted her to say, I am the puppet master. 
And she said, I will not say that because I know this show. And when you say that, you go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was the first thing I thought when he said he's pulling the strings. It makes me really nervous for Khan because I do really like him. He's making uh, tacos out of... <laughs> rice and <laughs> beans know. like the master chef skills are coming in handy uh, but people are on to him mark is on to him and uh, we see this really interesting strategy from mark where he pulls in shay and kj and josh and tells them that he wants to be a double agent to continue pretending to work with Khan until the moment is right to strike at the king and everyone seems on board and i wouldn't be so comfortable with this, but Mark is somehow pulling it off. I'm I was really surprised he decided to vocalize mm-hmm. this double agent thing. I think I said this in our last episode or our last recap that Khan could have approached Mark and been like, hey, people wouldn't suspect us as being a duo or a tight alliance, blah, blah, blah. But there's something different about vocalizing. It shows too much knowledge of the game and too much awareness of strategy. And Khan approached Mark and was like, oh, I'm going to hide our relationship. I'm going to do my own thing. You're going to do your own thing. We're going to double age in it. And I was like, oh, Khan, no, you're, you're showing you're too good at this game. And so it's funny that we get a confessional from Mark about Khan playing too hard by doing that. Mm-hmm. And then in this episode, Mark does the same thing and discusses this like, strategy of i have this alliance going on but we'll cut him later and i have this alliance with you josh and shay and it's it was kind of a confusing moment (laughs) where it's like you're saying too much sorry mark but you're saying too much yeah if i'm shay or anybody else in this conversation i'm thinking well like hang on you want me to let you be the swing vote play both sides Mm mm-hmm and just be okay with that. You, you're suddenly the most powerful person in this alliance. Maybe that's okay. Like maybe there is a world in which Mark, he's already a meat shield. Maybe he's also this like strategic shield where you can say like, I know that he tried to take out Khan or he did take out Khan and now we can strike against him. Like that could be used uh, against him in the future, but it's like, He's really putting himself out there. And if he was saying that to me, I would not be comfortable. But he's somehow pulling it off. I mean, like nobody raised any objection to it, at least that we saw. I'm pretty surprised, but I guess I'm not as surprised considering, no offense to Shay and Josh, we're not seeing them as very big strategic masterminds so far. Mm -hmm. And so they're kind of just going with the flow, doing whatever. But for me, if anybody is vocalizing that they are aware enough to be deceptive and be like, oh, I have this fake relationship that I'm going to use to benefit, you know, us. How do I know you're not going to do the same thing to me? That would just red flag, red flag, red flag. Um, Apparently, Shay and Josh don't have (laughs) their red flag meters on. I I forget who the third person was in this conversation. Um, Who was it? It was KJ. KJ. But still, I I just, I don't know. I I yeah be off put by this conversation i do think though i think that shay is playing a really interesting game i think that nobody's really giving shay the credit that she deserves this week because uh i mean we're going to see her offer up herself as a decoy target and and promising to play her idol and i've seen a lot of like negative uh reaction to that online i have a very different take and i think it all 
potentially plays into Shay taking a very specific spot in an alliance. It seems like she's trying to fade into the background to be either in the middle or middle to bottom of an alliance. And that can be a powerful place to play from if you're savvy enough to do it. So I think for for Shay in this conversation, this aligns with the way that I see her playing her game. And I hope I'm right about that because it will be really interesting to watch. And we'll get to the idol stuff a little later. And she's showing trust. I mean, mm-hmm. t- for me, I remember telling, I, I forget which vote out it was, but I was like, oh no, no, put votes on me. Like, it's fine. It's totally fine. Because I trust that our plan will come to fruition. I have no mm-hmm. problem. I'm a team player. I think that showed so much for her. And there's always going to be two sides to every, everybody's going to argue about something. But I personally, as somebody who's been in this situation, was like, yes, Shay, you are kicking ass. You were saying it with no, it wasn't even like that bullshit kind of response of, I mean, I guess I could do it if nobody else does it was just like oh no problem i trust y'all yeah. very proud of her yeah gutsy we'll get to that a little bit more later on but first we're like we've got a reward challenge to go to on the walk-in of course dave removes his hat signaling to con that he has played his half of the super idol and thus the super idol is dead there's a flop twist um in a pre-challenge chat uh again this is coming back to something we talked about last week that jonathan blows up games a little bit uh jonathan was talking about how crazy tribal was the night before and interestingly to me sandra reveals that she had a rogue vote cast against her again Mm -hmm. that that sam vote and i'm kind of surprised that sandra brought that up uh she's really like putting attention on that but you know she knows what she's doing i just thought it was interesting to reveal in front of the other tribe i thought it was a great move i i I know it's a small thing but i think that that is showing everyone that she's not running because every time she comes back to camp they're going to be like oh look at her running the show look at her figuring Mm. it out i think this shows some vulnerability and that, mm. that stood out the most to me. Yeah, I think I, I think it could be seen as why are you sharing our dirty laundry? Why are you airing that out? But it's showing that, oh, she's not running things. Maybe she was unaware. Okay, she's we can keep her around, maybe. I, I think it was actually a really good thing to show some vulnerability. Mm. Okay, I could see that. So in the challenge, the tribes are facing off in a one-on-one combat challenge. We're going to see many of these this week, where the first person to cross a muddy trench and ring a bell on the other side wins a point. And this challenge is the definition of gay baiting. It's very homoerotic. Uh, The first matchup was Mark versus Croc. And I just feel like Jonathan said, I'm going to give the gays everything they want with this Uh one. He is. I love it. Oh my god. And I love that it's always those two. Those boys need to make it to the end just so they can always compete head to head. It is such a joy to watch. Oh my god. <laughs> it is fun to watch. Um Sam and Shay take an interesting approach to this one where uh this is kind of the Baden approach, right? Where uh they just sort of like run along the sides and and race it out which is an interesting approach but yeah they we've got like 
zoom-ins of Speedos here. Oh. We've got Khan saying, uh, what did he say? Uh, ooh, boys mud wrestling. <laughs> you know. I love it. The Speedos. Yeah. I, oh, it's just so nice to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the Baden approach. When Sam, they just have a freaking book bit. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. Baden. Hi, Baden. <laughs> love him. Uh, so Blood ends up winning the reward of tea, coffee, and breakfast items. And Jonathan tells them that they can choose one member from the water tribe to join them to enjoy these treats. And they invite Shay. What do you think about the choice here and how it played out? Um, I think it played out very well because I, I, I actually don't really see there as being a benefit to any specific person. I think the only one that should not have come was Nina. Um, I think that would be drawing too much mm-hmm. attention to a relationship that's already hyper on everyone's radar, but I, I, I didn't really have any thoughts on it. I thought she was a lovely person to have come over. Ben seems widely liked. Shay is a very mellow person. And I think she was a good energy to bring into camp. That's not overbearing too loud in yeah. your face. I actually, you know. But I, I, I don't really yeah. have thoughts on it, honestly. Yeah, it was very non-threatening. It seemed very non-threatening to me. Uh, again, Sam had a great moment here in confessional where she said she would never want Mark to come over because there's not really room for emotion in the game. And she doesn't really want to have that spotlight on her. And that to bring Mark over for like a selfish moment for her would be taking him away from the game. He needs to be playing on his tribe, which I thought was very like insightful. It just like once again, an example that these two have like plotted out every potential scenario in this game, it feels like, uh, and, and really thoughtfully. So, so I've been enjoying her commentary on this. And it's not, it's so much more than just commentary. It is, her thought process and the pros and cons of every single decision and the fact that we are getting an edit that is so heavily her motivation not just like reactionary stuff of oh i hate her oh i hate this person like very much my kind of an edit where you never hear my thoughts on why i want something because it doesn't matter in the end i don't win but sam you are getting so much motivation and so much thoughtfulness Oh, God, I I feel like I'm just going to say it over and over and over again. But these confessionals, Sandra may have 45 confessionals by the end of these three episodes or these six episodes. And Sam might have, I don't know, I think like 2021. But every single one of Sam's has weight and reasoning Mm -hmm. and purposefulness. (laughs) Is that a word? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not unusual in Australian Survivor that uh, big front runners won't emerge until like, you know, week three, four, sometimes five. Um, so I'm not going to like get my hopes up based on the edgic counts, but like it, it is very promising, but it also makes me really nervous that it's going to be like a shocking sort of like merge-ish boot. Uh, and that's that's not what I'm hoping for, but it like, you know, it makes me a little nervous. I can see that. Uh, but on this Shay visit, we get the first glimpse of Sophie not playing very well. <laughs> because <laughs> Sophie is suddenly spilling to Shay about everybody that she's aligned with on her tribe. And she's 
literally saying it in front of the whole tribe. And she's telling Shay that she's close to Croc, Ben, and Jordan, who we will come to know as the alpha males. Uh, and it just seems like a really big rookie mistake to me. Of course, like we keep seeing shots of Sandra listening in because she's literally within earshot. And <laughs> I don't know why Sophie's telling a member of the other tribe who she's aligned with. It's just like, I mean, I guess because she's aligned with Shay's partner in the game, but still it's like, it's not necessary. And I don't know exactly what Sophie was going for here. It's really lacking all sorts of strategy because even even if in that moment, let's say Sophie is tightly aligned with Ben, you are now making that known to the partner. And if for whatever mm-hmm. reason you turn on Ben and let's say you make the merge with Miss Shay, now you have to reconcile like, oh, sorry, I told you I was tight with him, but I flipped on him because of this. It just There's just so much added work when you could just shut up. You could just Mm -hmm. keep it to yourself. And on the very flip side of the type of confessionals we're getting from Sam, the Sophie ones we're getting are very lacking awareness. It is, oh, I'm hiding my leadership skills that I'm so amazing at. Look how amazing I am at hiding them. Like It's just blatant missteps. And yet she's telling the camera she's Mm -hmm. not making any missteps. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The, The edit is very interesting for her. How she has fallen in my standings, because I was obsessed with her, which I must say had nothing to do with her gameplay. It had to do with me just being excited for this, like, out of nowhere, badass lesbian running the show. (laughs) Like, that was my motivation for even liking her. It wasn't gameplay motivated. Now I'm seeing the real her in the game, and I'm like, uh, yeah, what's going on? Same. Same. Uh, We'll have plenty of talk to talk about on that front coming up, Uh, but let's go to the immunity challenge. The tribes are going through a sort of land to water, back to land obstacle course to retrieve puzzle pieces with a boat. Uh, And then they are going to build a self-sustaining arch puzzle. Not a lot to talk about here. I mean, the tribes are like more or less even until we get to the puzzle piece of the challenge. And uh, there is something interesting to talk about here because, first of all, the concept of the puzzle I love. I've never seen an arch puzzle before. I think that's really cool. There's more pieces than there are players. And so it takes a lot of sort of like ingenuity to figure out how to keep this thing up and make it work. But the big conversation online is about (laughs) how this challenge gave an unfair advantage or an unfair disadvantage to the red tribe because, uh, I mean, how do I explain this? So the word blood is spelled out on the, using the puzzle pieces in the arch, right? And the word water on the other tribe, same thing. But it needs to spell it out both from the front and from the back. Now, because blood has the two O's, there is a possibility that they put the letters in the wrong order and it's not mirrored on the front and back because of that L on the other side of one of the O's. And of course, we saw that happen. They were spelling bullet on one side of their puzzle. So it just like added this layer of complexity for the blood tribe that the water tribe didn't have to deal with because they had no repeating letters. And of course, Uh, water wins. I mean, I don't know if it's because of this complexity, although we did see them kind of, you know, like have that screw up of the of the spelling. But 
there were also like a lot of screw ups going on on both tribes in terms of being able to hold the blocks. I mean, we saw Chrissy get smashed in the head with a block on the water tribe. Um, it was like, it was just, it's, it's a bit of a shame that it has this, um, tainted aspect of the spelling disadvantage because I really do love this puzzle a lot. And it's very rare for me to get excited about a puzzle and a challenge. Oh, I, I, I freaking loved it. I, I put love underscore underscore underscore. Like, I loved this puzzle. I really, I don't think that was even an element. I, I'm going out on a limb here, but I don't think that was actually an element of the challenge in real time. I think that was a misstep of editing. I think the post-edit when they are getting Jonathan to do voiceover work for the episodes, you know, anything they may have missed, something to make it more exciting. Um, I think they wanted to add the suspense of the misspelled word on one side, but I don't think that was actually an element because it doesn't even make sense. Like it makes so little sense. Anyone could figure that out, whether you're exhausted or not, that that would be an unfair need for one team versus the other team. So I really think they were almost taking a, a page out of Survivor 41 where we had a puzzle that the answer was, don't make this next vote your last. And it was a puzzle that I won that you had to, <clears throat> excuse me, you had to spell all the words correctly both ways. And there was a way to correctly do the puzzle on the front side, but still have one of the letters that was a U upside down. Like on one side, it was a U on the other side, it was an O. It was possible to not have it correct on both sides in mm. my puzzle. And so I think they wanted to make it more exciting by just adding that into post editing. But I, I really don't think that was a part of the actual challenge. So there's just mm. no way it just, it makes so little sense. I don't think that was something maybe I'll need to reach out to one of the players and get the real T on it, but I don't, there, it just can't be. <laughs> it can't be. It makes. I mean, it sense. could be. It could be that th there's no way this oversight happened. <laughs> like there's just. Well, no it way. did happen, though. It did happen that you know, like it, ca like it can be wrong on one side and be right on the other. And the point is, water doesn't have that possibility. Well, I know. I but what I'm saying is, they're giving the audience the false narrative of that is one of the reasons that they are not winning the challenge. Yeah. Just to add to the excitement. Yeah. Yeah, I but hear. But that you. had nothing to do with why they actually yeah, lost. Yeah, I'm talking more in game design. But I don't I think, think it's it was a flawed actually flawed game of, design. No, I don't think it was. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it was flawed game design. I think it was a flaw in them missing like they're just watching the footage back and they're mm. seeing a misspelled word and I think they just had Jonathan voice that in as if it was a thing without remembering that water doesn't have that possibility i like but i don't think it was in real time i know i know i totally hear you but imagine <laughs> they finished the arch and one side said blood and the other side said bullet they would not win i think they would i really do i really you do. think they would give it to them i do 100 percent. that's what there's I'm no saying, way to so. know i know there's no way to know but i <laughs> i believe that they would okay well, <laughs> I feel strongly on that. <laughs> Carter, first fight. Okay. I, we fight all the time. This is just the our one first on air fight. Okay. <laughs> so with this challenge, I think we get a really telling scene of the way the votes are going to go because Sophie sits out of this challenge, and the second the challenge is complete, 
Sophie goes up to them and starts critiquing their performance. Mm. She's like, oh, so what happened there? And oh, yeah, but like she's giving full on critiques. And I'm like, your ass was sitting on the Sandra sit out bench. You stay quiet, miss. <laughs> like that's that is not game etiquette. <laughs> yeah. Little frustrating, but you know, a little foreshadowing scene of her lack of awareness and how that may affect her in the future. Yeah, totally. She's a girl boss. Emphasis on the boss. <laughs> um, okay, so at the end of this challenge, of course, blood loses, water wins, blood is going to tribal council, but you want a twist? <laughs> Water is also going to tribal council where they will witness Blood's tribal. So with that in mind, Blood goes back to camp to start strategizing. Now, anybody who's watched a season of Australian Survivor would know that if the other tribe is going to watch your tribal council, something is up. Most likely, we have a non-elimination round of some kind coming towards us, and the person being quote-unquote voted out is going to end up joining your tribe or going to exile for a couple days, and then there will be a swap. Like, who knows, right? But something is up. Now, that's not exactly how it's edited, but there's some clues here that the strategy taking place on the blood tribe is taking this into account. So the first thing they do when they get back to camp is they talk about how to behave in front of the water tribe at tribal council. <laughs> and essentially the whole tribe is saying, Dave, behave yourself. Uh, Sophie and her alpha male alliance want Dave out. Sophie is leading the charge against Dave and confirming it with the entire tribe. And she says that she has full trust in Sam and she gets uh, Jesse on board. Now, Dave has nobody approaching him. He tries pitching himself as a physical asset to Croc, but Croc basically tells him that he's going home. Remember that Croc is one of Sophie's three alpha males that she has collected. Mm -hmm. um, now, Sandra this whole time is acting like straight up spooky. We are getting <laughs> spooky music. <laughs> Shots of Sandra just like side-eyeing people, watching, particularly watching Sophie very, very closely. And she's recognizing that Sophie is the puppet master on this tribe and she doesn't like it. And she wants to turn the vote from Dave onto Sophie because, as she says, there is only one queen. <laughs> now, before we get into like how these factions sort of align themselves on this tribe ahead of this vote is sophie the right choice for sandra in this moment i i i have like gone over this time and time again in my mind and i don't understand it um i i, I can see it i can understand you know if you don't like maybe there's something we're not seeing with sophie she clearly rubbed people the wrong way, and we're seeing the type of person she is in the real world, um, which is hard when we're watching the actual show. I feel like I'm not – I try to go into watching Survivor with allowing the storytellers, the people who edit it, to tell me a story. And I try not to think of what's happening in real life. You know, I try not to think about all the stuff we're not seeing because they're crafting a story for us. And what I think is hard is – Based on the edit, 
I don't understand the shift to Sophie so quickly, especially when Dave has voted you out, especially when the other, or in her mind, Dave has voted for her, um, when the other tribe is going to be watching, including her sister KJ, and now you're going to pull off a blind side in front mm-hmm. of these people and show, like, I, I just don't understand it. Um, you have Sam here who has played an Australian season who should know that there is going to be a twist with the fact that these other people are watching. I don't even understand doing anything crafty at this time when it feels obvious there's going to be a twist. But I feel like I'm letting the real world seep into how I'm viewing this. And I'm just like, oh, mm. she must have been awful. There's something about her that they just wanted her out so much that it was clouding their judgment of actual gameplay. And that's what I'm hating. I, I'm watching too much of her uh, Sophie's Instagram stories. I'm seeing too much of her girlfriend's Instagram stories. And it's making me dislike her so much that I'm like, oh, they just wanted to get her out. So this must be it. But motivation-wise in the game, I just don't really get it. I don't understand it so abruptly switching from Dave. Uh, especially with everybody watching, with everyone watching, just hold off one more vote. Take her out next time. Yeah, yeah. I I can certainly see Sandra's feeling like she is on the outs because in the previous vote, you know, Ben, uh, ben had saved Sandra. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now Ben is suddenly answering to Sophie and Sophie is talking about how she's close with these three guys and they're like a tight four. And I think Sam and Jesse are kind of like her five and six. And then where does that leave Sandra and Michelle, who seems to be Sandra's number one uh, ally in the game. Mm -hmm. And so I can certainly see that like she's starting to see herself not in any group and you know, in Sandra fashion, let's take it down from take that group down by hitting the person at the top, right? Yeah. Um, so like I can see it from that angle, just the shift from Dave to Sophie was so abrupt uh, that I wish that we got a little bit more on that. But I will say the way that Sandra pulls this off is really, truly incredible because you know, I think based on these Sophie Instagram posts, I still think to this day, Sophie doesn't buy that Sandra did it, but we saw that Sandra did it. Yeah. You know, she's still not giving credit to Sandra, despite the fact that, I mean, the reason that she's not is because Sandra orchestrated this in such a way that it would never come back onto her. And basically what she does is she goes to Michelle and Amy And she tells Amy to round up the rest of the votes to get uh, Sophie out. So basically leaving the three alpha guys out of the vote. And Amy ends up getting Jay. And then Jay gets Dave. And then Amy goes to Sam and Jesse, who really like hmm and haw over this because, you know, they feel comfortable in this Sophie and alpha male alliance. uh, And they're worried about like how this might sort of create or draw a line in the sand at their tribe and worrying about sort of, you know, that precarious place of being the flip votes on a really important vote. So this, of course, is where we get an indication, a slight indication that Sam knows exactly what's going on with this twist. I think many, if not all of them, had to suspect what was going on with this twist. But 
it's very clearly edited out of the show. But Sam specifically says here, she says, if we do this Sophie vote, I'm just scared because that could screw everything. They'll be against us and she's still in the game. So Sam very clearly knows what is up here. I mean, as she should, she's obviously studied the game very hard. She's played it before. Um, So I think she understands this twist very well. And what that shows me is she made a, you know, she made a very calculated decision about where she was going to vote. uh, And she ended up targeting Sophie. So it's really interesting. I do wish that we have more going into this Sophie vote, but I think the dynamics of what Sandra was able to do in terms of making it look like Amy's move, Amy and Jay's move, really, I think is what Sophie calls it. The hammock. Um, Yeah, the hammock, whatever. (laughs) 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 Uh, And then... Also, the thought process that Sam and Jesse, who seem quite close, actually, uh, go through in terms of like which way they want to flip this. Fascinating strategy pre an unfortunate tribal. Yeah, I, f- I feel like there were two, my two favorite duos. We have Michelle and Sandra, and then we have Jesse and Sam. And I felt like with that, um, that confessional that Sam was saying, where and she's still in the game. I took it as, even though I felt like I knew what the twist was going to be at that point, I took it as if this plan does not go according to plan, Mm. then we still have Sophie in the game. Um, But I still was loving that we were getting so much thoughtfulness with Sam's edit and so much thoughtfulness of, God, she is thinking of everything. Like every move, she is so on top of the repercussions of and the intention of every decision she makes. Props to her. Then I wrote in my notes, there's going to be an issue with Amy and Sandra in the future. I knew it like based on that Mm -hmm. one, the fact that Sandra said, and then we can blame Amy. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, we didn't need to include that in the edit. Okay. Okay, there's going to yeah. be an issue with Amy and Sandra because she easily could have just cre- like fostered this relationship, shoved a little bit of blame on Amy, but still had Amy's best interests at heart because that's a number for her. But just this, the blatantness of how she said, oh, and then Amy can take the fall. I was like, oh, I see what's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So we go to tribal council. Uh, Of course, water is there to observe. Everyone is in agreement that this vote is about unity moving forward for the tribe, uh, whatever that might mean. And Sam says it's about a new beginning. So it became very clear in that moment uh, which way Sam decided to go. The tribe votes and Sophie is sent off the tribe, not sent home. But she is voted out of the tribe. Jonathan tells her, you are not going home. You are joining the water tribe. Yes. (laughs) And we had some great reaction shots from KJ here. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a couple moments of like, you know, we said I've been pretty good about like keeping on top of everybody and who's who. Um, But when they... (laughs) When they cut to KJ during the vote reading and she made that face, I was like, I don't know if she's wearing something different or she's trying something new with her hair, but I was like, who's this woman? (laughs) Very Michelle from season two. (laughs) Stop picking on Michelle. Who the hell is Michelle? (laughs) You know what? So after the actual vote out, I... 
I had a moment of sitting and being like, you know what? I think Sam, I think a lot more people knew that the twist was going to come to fruition. And I think it was intentional for Sophie to be the one to jump ship to the other tribe. And I, now edit wise, I was like, this is a mess. Why do they not, why are they not more aware of this? This team's way too risky. I'm bothered by it. I was like really frustrated in the episode. So I didn't want to say this in the middle of us talking through the episode. But I think it makes way more sense to send Sophie to the, uh, which tribe is it? Blood? To the water tribe. Because she is, I, I feel like the word volatile is too strong a word. She seems like a volatile person. She's going to rub people the wrong way. They're going to see exactly why they did it. And it's going to be an easier target for them to just want to get rid of her, as opposed to sending Dave over there, who seems charming. He seems like a very lovely person. He has no one on his side. He easily could become a water tribe member like be fully embraced because he was shunned so easily by the blood tribe Mm -hmm. that i think they actually did this very purposely of you know what if if somebody has to stay in the game and go over there this actually makes a lot more sense for it to be the person that they're going to want to kick her ass out in two seconds so that was just like a thought i had because it just made no sense for sam to not when weighing all of these things so heavily, how do you not weigh this twist that clearly is going to be coming? Yeah, I agree with you because sending Dave to the other tribe is basically just sending someone who has no connection to anybody. You know, his loved one is voted out. He's a free number for anybody on the water tribe. And we have seen in two previous Blood versus Water seasons, a solo person get to the end, uh, so someone who becomes a solo person uh, early in the game, who is suddenly a free agent, able to play their own game and offer a vote to any alliance that will take them. Uh, you're able to maneuver like quite easily, and you can be pretty slippery, I think. Whereas sending Sophie, who has KJ, Yes, to all your points, Sophie's personality is probably going to rub people the wrong way. Everybody can see that she's not great at the game of Survivor. And then why not just like show the Water Tribe that at Tribal Council and then paint a big old target on her by making her the first half of the first pair to be reunited in this season? Yeah. So I do think it was the right choice. Yeah, it was. It was weird. It was a very roundabout way for us to be shown the story. But in mm-hmm. the end, I think it made the most sense. Oh, I hate this next episode. I'm sorry. I hate to say that. that I, it's very rare for me to dislike an episode. But this specific one, episode five, by the end of it, I was just I think I called you immediately and I was like, I'm just over it. I'm annoyed. It's rough. <laughs> I'm, it's I hate rough. it. I, Okay, with that, we will move into episode five. We have made it to day 10, Ricard. Ah, you making fun of me? Yes. (laughs) We made it, (laughs) y'all. Made it to day 10. Okay. (laughs) For anyone who has no clue, there is a reference in there for season 41, where Jeannie, Shan, and myself are sitting on the beach with the final three of Uwa. And I forget if it's Jeannie or Shan. I think it's Shan saying, 
We made it to day 10 as if it's the biggest accomplishment you could ever have happen in your life. <laughs> 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 embarrassing <laughs> yeah so we're we're at day 10 and the water tribe wakes up with a new member that is sophie who was truly blindsided saying that she was shocked that sam voted for her calling her one of her main allies and someone who constantly expressed their love for me <laughs> <laughs> so this told me two things one sophie is completely socially unaware uh, strategically unaware and doesn't realize that this is a game, but also that Sandra got off with this scot-free. Yep. This is pinned on, you know, from Sophie's perspective, not even Amy, but it's pinned on Sam and whatever the personal relationship Sophie had with Sam was that she feels was betrayed. Now, meanwhile, KJ is not thrilled to have her sister on the tribe because she feels like it could put a target on her back, as we talked about. That's going to be an interesting dynamic moving forward in this episode. Over at the Blood Tribe, Sandra's waking up with a nut on her head, and they say that they need to tell their family members to get Sophie out. And they're, they sort of like develop this plan to signal to their family members at the next challenge that they need to vote Sophie out the first chance they get, which is quite an interesting dynamic that blood versus water introduces to a situation like this, because typically if you are saved in a non-elimination round twist where you get swapped to the other tribe, you really are that free agent and the other tribe has incentive to work with you um, because they know that you are probably hoping to get revenge on everybody who just voted you out. Now, in this situation, everybody who just voted you out has an ally on the tribe that you just got swapped to. So it's like they almost have incentive to just like have a free vote against you the next time they go to tribal. None of them have to be at risk. And they're still in alignment with their partner on the other tribe, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And... And Sophie, all the while, is threatening all the loved ones of the ones who turned against her. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what are you doing? Why are you talking to Mark about his wife? Stop. Yeah. <laughs> what are yeah. you also, before we go to the reward challenge, there is a great scene with Sandra talking to the alpha males. She's talking to Croc and Jordan specifically. And they're basically saying to Sandra, like, what's our next move? Like, without Sophie, like, what do we have here? This was a, a huge majority of the tribe voting Sophie out, and we're just totally on the bottom now. And Sandra gives, like, I think, genuine advice from, you know, queen to students where she says, you need to build relationships where you don't have any. And she says, I told you early in the game that the weak would outnumber the strong. And so she doesn't really give them an offer to work together in the future, but she basically throws them a bone to say, like, it's time to build some relationships. Like, anything can happen here. You just need to make it happen, which is, like, truly the, 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 the biggest thing you can take away from Sandra's gameplay every season. So I really liked that moment. It's a, it's a cute moment. It's kind of funny because I thought that Ben would have this leg up. You know, he gave Sandra this knowledge to keep her safe. And he gave her a heads up about keeping her safe and gave us a confessional of how he wanted to keep her in the game. Not just 
to have a number, not just to have a shield, but to learn from her. And then he jumps ship so easily to be on board with Sophie, and now he comes crawling back, asking for help, asking for knowledge. And I thought that we would get more of a, a moment between him and Sandra, but we're but what mm-hmm. we're getting is the lovable croc. Like I he's just like this sweetheart, and I hope that a relationship can form between Croc and Sandra because I, I would love to see them work together in the future. Yeah. So let's go to the reward challenge. It's a big one. Immediately when they get to the mats, Sandra signals to Nina to slit Sophie's throat, which is like an iconic Sandra moment. Oh my God. An all-time iconic Sandra moment. Amazing. (laughs) Sophie has delusions of being the most influential person on the water tribe. (laughs) Sam's face. Oh my God. Can't even go into it. Like, it's just ridiculous. She just totally... I don't know what game she thinks she's playing, but it's not Survivor. It's Monopoly. I don't know what she's playing. <laughs> you know when you just like give up and you make up your own rules in Monopoly? You're yeah. just like, ah. <laughs> like this game needs to end. Yeah. It's time for Sophie's game to end, I think. Oh, Lord. So Sam, of course, notes, <laughs> Sam takes this opportunity to note that the majority of people on blood voted her out and their loved ones can do the same thing on water. So very blatantly signaling to water, it's time to vote Sophie out. Mm-hmm. So we have another combat challenge here where the tribes are facing off one-on-one in a sumo battle and they're playing to win a charcuterie board. Uh, Alex is still in pain from his injury and he sits this challenge out. Um, so they do a series of battles here. A couple interesting things to note. During the first battle, Mark pins Jesse down and he asks him what Sophie is like. I thought this was so interesting that during the fight, Mark takes the opportunity to try to get intel from the other tribe about what this person they just voted out was all about. Sexiest and- scene of the whole fucking season. Oh my God. <laughs> him on top of him, like demanding knowledge. It's like, Mark, I will tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. Mark, everything Mark does is hot. <laughs> Jesse replies that she's a snake. I just think this is brilliant. Mark is, yeah, yeah. Mark's everything. Yeah. Uh, then we have another interesting matchup with uh, Nina and Sandra, where it seems like they're contractually obligated to go head to head in every challenge. I'm over it now. I'm over it. Look, I'm, I'm also I'm kind of over it too. I want to see Nina go, like actually go against like Amy or something. I want Nina and Michelle to kick each other's asses because they look like beasts. Like, they look so strong. And I want to see Chrissy and Sandra. I'm tired of those two not getting to go head-to-head. I I mean, I love it. It was cute at first. But now it's just this awkward, you're just embarrassing your mom over and over again. No fault to Nina. You're embarrassing your mom over and over again. And then there's this pressure of Sandra. Like, you're just supposed to beat your child? Like, it's awkward. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, though, the reason I wanted to talk about this was because it's just like, it's a very subtle example of Sandra ingratiating herself into the Australian survivor culture, because shit talking is such a big aspect of the challenges in Australian survivor that does not really exist on the US in the same way. I don't think it would be uh, as jovial of an experience. 
And Sandra has really gotten into it. You can tell, I can really tell that she has watched it. And like, not only is she adapting her game to the gameplay style of Australian Survivor, but she's also trying to adapt culturally to the Australian Survivor style because every single challenge, she's got some smack to talk about the other tribe. And it's like fun and everybody gets a good laugh out of it. And in this one, I think it's her all-time greatest where Anina says, oh, I'm about to get grounded. And Sandra replies, I ain't buying your shit for Christmas and I'm not paying for her wedding. (laughs) I love it. What was, I don't know if it was this challenge, um, but she calls her a slippery son of a bitch at one point. And I've seen a meme of like, when you realize you just called yourself a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, because she doesn't finish the sentence. It's so cute. No, it's it's good. There is such a I love with the exception of who was that blonde dude? M- Matt. He's like the rest he was the mm, fighter yeah. from a previous season. I did not like his like smack talk or whatever it is. He's just very intense, a little too much. But everyone is just so kind and at the end of every fight they help each other up and they give them a hug and there's that love with the Australian survivor that Americans, we're just dirty Americans, as Sandra would say. We're yeah. so mean. We're so conceited. We're so into ourselves. I love how I love the way they're talking, the shit talking. It's just really fun. And you could never do that in the US without being just a straight up asshole. Yeah. I also really appreciate that this is, seems to be carrying over into real life because, I mean, like, Sandra's not a big social media user, but she has been to sort of, like, big up the season or whatever, but all of her tweets, is just the same thing week after week where she, she's just tweeting, like, I am so sick and tired of my daughter. <laughs> it's so cute. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like this dynamic. Um, speaking of social media, let's get to one last matchup I want to talk about, which is Sophie versus Sam. I think uh, both of them are quite eager to go head to head here because of all the tension between them after the previous night's tribal. They basically have a pretty straightforward fight where Sophie takes a pretty hard blow against Sam early on. Um, Sam manages to get up and eventually Sam beats Sophie, uh, pushing Sophie into the water. Okay, pretty straightforward. Now, looking at Sophie's Instagram stories, which have been (laughs) a little bit unhinged, Uh, I do want to share something that she posted before this episode aired. I mean, the the whole, like, I don't even know where to start with this. Let me read what she said in her story. She said, opting to work tonight instead of watching the episode because of how much anxiety I have. The lies created to save their own asses turned really personal and I wasn't having a part of it. It hurt me and a lot of others. Mutual friends have confirmed it was part of a plan from way before production even began where they knew I was on it. It was fucking horrible and they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a game is one thing, and I always credit impeccable gameplay, but what one person did was beyond what I could deal with and am still clearly affected today. This type of shit isn't for me. I'm also really disappointed in production again. Everyone could see us talking the whole time. We made a set deal on that podium. 
I told her she could win and get the victory in front of both tribes, but in return, my boys would be safe and they wouldn't be picked off. I put my trust in her again, and I swear on my children's fucking lives and hold my head high for that decision. I wouldn't involve my children if it wasn't the truth. That's my loyalty to my people. That's me. This is <laughs> wild. Like, she's talking about 16 different things here. <laughs> like... <laughs> The fact that she's talking about how she's not watching the episode, she's not even going to turn it on tonight, but happens to know everything that went into the edit before it airs. Mm -hmm. Okay, look, what are you trying to prove? You've clearly watched the episode either way. (laughs) Um, There's the conspiracy that people were targeting her before the game was even out. I guess there's like, it's out there that she had been leaked as a possible cast member like a couple months before the season filmed. So like, that's what she's insinuating that like, there was a conspiracy amongst players to get her out as a result of like, I don't know, her, her amazing fame, her 200,000 followers. (laughs) And then... The references to production and her edit and the, and not showing the conversation. Apparently what she's getting at here is that she's suggesting she had a conversation with Sam during this fight in this challenge where she said, you keep my boys safe and I will let you win this round. So she's claiming that she let Sam push her off of the podium. I mean, she's calling it a podium. It's kind of like a raft thing in the middle of the water. And that 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 was something she agreed to, and that Sam S- Sam's side of the deal was that she would make sure that the alpha male uh, males of Croc, Jordan, and Ben would be safe. Okay, <sighs> there's so much to unpack because it's like, is she suggesting that those guys are about to get picked off? Yeah, because spoiler town. <laughs> why would she be pissed off otherwise? And she's mad that that conversation wasn't shown. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it doesn't come to anything. It's like (laughs) it's it's so ridiculous that she like. I've never seen somebody on. I mean, I have seen a lot of self-centered people on Survivor, but it seems to me, knowing where this woman is coming from in terms of like being a wag and then being this influencer and like, I don't know, making pajamas or whatever and selling them (laughs) online is like, she is the center of her own universe. She has main character syndrome. She's like megalomaniac. And it's like, she is not used to not getting her way. And that's fine. But like, you can't come on Survivor and throw a tantrum when you don't get your way in terms of the game. And when you don't get your way in terms of the edit, because those things are out of your hands. If the rumors are true, she got paid a lot of money to appear on this show. So it's not like she's like missing out on a lot. And it's like, give it up. And now she's like her fan base. I don't want to say that she's asking her fan base to do this, but her fan base is like, at least in some way, targeting Sam online and like leaving nasty comments. I don't know to what extent I've seen a couple. Um, I don't know that it's like a barrage. I have no idea. But the fact that it's happening and that Sophie seems to like not specifically acknowledge it and in some ways seems to be enjoying the drama a little bit and whipping it up, whipping it up whenever she can in her Instagram stories. Um, and then like, 
sort of coinciding that with a brand new ad for her new pajamas and her <laughs> main post story. She's it's like tagging thing Sandra in it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, Sandra, it's if you want like, some jammies. I, I've gone on a rant here, but I just find this woman to be absolutely pathetic. I'm embarrassed that I stand her last week because like, it's just embarrassing gameplay, embarrassing social media presence, just all around embarrassment. There is something to be said about messing with the integrity of the game while the game is still airing on TV. Like, I, I, I'm baffled by insinuating that the edit against you, producers are against you, the team was against you. Like, it, it's just so, it is so embarrassing that you're partaking in this you have all the pictures on your instagram you have all the stills from the game you're clearly trying to be a part of it it's one thing if you were to not post shit about survivor you know what you don't use any of the stills you don't use any of the imagery none of the hashtags you distance yourself and you say you know what this show screwed me over it's another to try and get the fame from it the attention from it the tagging sandra in your fucking jammies you know you're doing all the stuff to get the attention while also shitting on the attention that you're being given from this platform i think it is tacky and i hate it I have been dealing with, you know, some post-season drama with Exit Press because you're watching the episode, you're watching your vote out, and you're feeling pretty raw. Like, it's really, really hard to navigate the feelings along with the fan base giving their input on moves that may have or may not have taken place. And maybe you get a little riled up. You know, maybe Shan and I are fighting a little bit on, you know, on the Exit Press interviews. It's hard, but the game's also done, you know, and we can have our feelings about the other players once the game is complete. But right now, you're just talking shit about people while you're still in the game, and you are giving way too many hints at spoilers, whether they be true or not. Our wheels are a-turning. I feel like all those boys are in danger now, the ones that you had Sam swear to keep safe. Um, you know, you're clearly out of the game soon because you don't care about nothing. Like, it's just, you're ruining the experience. And you're ruining the experience for the other players that came here to play a game. And I don't accept this bullshit response of, I respect, you know, good gameplay. I respect a blind side, but that one hurt. That one hurt. The reason big moves happen, the reason big blindsides happen is because you have an emotional tie with someone and you have an emotional relationship and they're able to use that against you that you feel safe because of your ties. So this is, this is a big move. This is, that's what a blindside is. Don't put your relationship on a pedestal with these people in the game. And say, like, it it dug deep, it hurt so much more, it cut deeper than anything else. You are talking about these players in a very strange way. Like, I, I don't know, I, I'm just very perturbed by all the verbiage she uses in the game and outside the game. And it's mm -hmm. just, I, I, now I'm on a rant, but I'm over Miss Sophie. And it pisses yeah. me off to shit on this show. It really does. Yeah, yeah. The only thing worse than Sophie's Instagram stories are uh, her <laughs> wife's Instagram stories, but I'm not going to go there. 
<laughs> I know you were not. You did not like her. <laughs> if you ever want to see somebody watch TV without watching TV, watch that. Um, okay. So, <laughs> Water wins the reward, and we have another little twist where JLP tells them that they'll be receiving their charcuterie board uh, at the blood camp. So, uh, it's a little bit twofold. They're going to be able to spend some time with their loved ones uh, and eat in front of them. So, at the reward, we see the loved ones reunited. But, uh, and I don't need to talk to about her a whole lot more, but like Sophie takes the opportunity to have the world's most unnecessary confrontation <laughs> with Jordan, who is totally on the outs at this point and is trying to reintegrate with the majority. And she's accusing him of sleeping with the enemy. Like, I don't know what she expects of him. Does she expect him to be going on a war path and like burning the rice and tearing <laughs> the shelter down? Because like... <laughs> She's she's so clearly has never seen Survivor before. I don't understand. She's just <laughs> fully unable to remove her own personal perspective and experience from the game. It's I don't think she realizes it's a game. True. That's it. Yeah, truth. <laughs> so KJ is starting to get a little worried that Sophie is a loose cannon. Okay, yeah. Sophie pulls Sam aside and tells her that she hurt, uh, that she was hurt, that Sam flipped on her. Um, Sam is over the drama and she starts working on the water tribe, trying to convince them to get rid of Sophie again. (laughs) I'm just thinking about, and maybe I misheard it. So because of the way I'm watching it, I don't have subtitles. And so it's really Mm -hmm. hard for me. I'm, I'm missing like little verbiage, little bits in the episode but i feel like sophie says to sam as she pulls her aside this is just a talk don't hug me something like that like (laughs) i'm like do you think sam was gonna go in for a hug and be like girl sorry no hard feelings but the fact that she specifically told sam don't hug me this is just a conversation (laughs) cracks me up Did she say I'm that? pretty I almost, sure. I have to go back and Please look. Please do and correct me and find some subtitles for me because I'm struggling, boo. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard enough to find the episode. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. Interesting. I'm going to do some fact checking on that because uh, that's really funny. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's go to the immunity challenge where each tribe member is holding on to a rope tied to a log, which is also attached to everyone else's log. So they're basically like chain linked together. It's a really fun challenge to watch and a really brutal one to stay in. Some interesting things here uh, that Alex participates in the challenge because of course he can't sit out back-to-back challenges even though his back is acting up again Uh, he does participate uh, for the water tribe and essentially the way things go here uh, is that people start dropping and they start dropping like dominoes essentially so on the blood tribe interesting to note that jordan amy michelle and and croc Drop before Sandra drops. Yes! Uh Sandra stayed in there for quite a while. I'm so proud of her. It's a little bit of a tricky challenge, though, because, like, the second your neighbor drops, your your rope kind of gets jerked on. Yeah, I think... I I don't like the the way in which it's set up. Maybe I'm being a little too ridiculous. And, you know, there is strategy... There is something to be said about having strategy with putting the stronger folks on the outside 
because I remember Jonathan specifically saying, oh, the strong boys on the outside, whatever he said. But what, like, how can you strategize in any capacity in the middle? I feel like they should all be like staggered one, facing each other. Mm-hmm. So like one person facing this way, the other one on the opposite side so that you're not so heavily affected by the person right next to you. I just think that's a weird thing that you can't plan for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah totally agree. Yeah, totally I, agree. I, I just think of it, but it was a very fun challenge. Also, sorry, um, who the hell made the decision to have Alex, the one in pain, sit out for a reward instead of immunity? total misstep i i don't i can't wrap my head around it i think that was a stupid decision he should have participated in a or in um the reward challenge and had to sit out and not hurt them in uh the immunity challenge especially if he is in the amount of pain he is saying it's one thing if you're trying to rest yourself but from what we're hearing he is in constant pain now he's just a, a detriment yeah, but the reward challenge was combat. So, I mean, he probably could have gotten really hurt in that. And there's no way to tell what the immunity challenge is going to be. But, like, I'm seeing a trend of the reward challenges really being one-on-one combat sort of challenges. And I can see him not really wanting to get fucked up with that. Where with an immunity, you might be able to assume there could be a puzzle or there could be like a leg that's not going to be too bad to do. So like, I can see it. I see I it both see ways, it. but I still think I would give up a point towards the, the cheese board to ensure that I was not hindering, hindering a hindrance, whatever, for the immunity mm-hmm. challenge. I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk yeah, it. Yeah, well, I mean, but Alex stayed in a longer than a lot of people. Yeah, and then what happened seven minutes later? He. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, let's just say uh, another highlight from this is that Ben is the last man standing on blood while there are eight people left standing on water, and he outlasts all of them to win immunity. I think the win is like a little bit overblown because Jonathan's like, he's holding the weight of like 10 tribe members. Uh, But that's not true because like very clearly, like he's holding the weight of like three logs and the rest are in resting position. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like they're just resting because he's on one end. So like, it's not like he's holding all of them. He's just holding to where they start to slack again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. It's still impressive. Very. And his very. arm looked great. I'll give him that. <laughs> but it wasn't like he was holding 10 people's logs. <laughs> yeah, it was actually more impressive for Alex and Chrissy. Mm-hmm. Or wait, was it Chrissy? Damn, no, it was freaking Sophie. Um, it was more impressive for Sophie. I'll give her the credit that they had the weight of like six logs being right in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. (laughs) Uh, But ultimately, blood does win, sending water to tribal. There's some really interesting strategy that goes on here, uh, which we never get to see, you know, come to fruition because, of course, at tribal council, Alex is going to quit as a result of his injury. Uh, But let's talk quickly about the strategy here because it is really interesting where... um, Jordy, Alex, Khan, and Mark are talking about Sophie as the most straightforward option uh, for tribal council and sending somebody home. 
But KJ doesn't want to give Sophie up so easily. And so she sort of like pleads a case for Sophie, saying that she's strong and she could be taken out later in the game. She's worried about going too hard for Sophie and putting a target on her own back. And so she raises uh, another risk in the game, which is Khan's idol still being in the game, which is really, I think, the only move that potentially makes sense for her. And... She's like talking to the group about this and Nina suggests like, well, we could split the vote between Khan and someone else, right? So Sophie could be a target, but we could also try to flush Khan's idol. Like we could get a two for one here. And so suddenly like the cracks are starting to open up and KJ's moving in. Like I thought it was like a brilliant move on KJ to try to leverage something else to save somebody who was essentially dead in the water. Uh, for this tribal. Then Shay uh, jumps in and says, well, you know, if we need a split vote, I don't mind you voting for me because I can use my idol. And this is like kind of the most interesting thing about this whole plan to me, because essentially what they want to do is split the vote between Khan, Shay, and Sophie. And the plan would be five on Khan, three on Shay, three on Sophie. They either hope to send Khan home with an idol in his pocket, Shay Shay plays her idol, didn't need to, and three votes are on Sophie, who will just remain safe for now. Or Khan plays his idol, Shay plays her idol, and Sophie goes home with three votes. So like that's maybe the worst case scenario because they've turned on Khan and he's coming back to camp with them. But like all of that to say, I think the most interesting aspect of this is that Shay, Shay is willing to put herself out there to receive votes and wants to play her idol. I just think that this is brilliant because I think that she regrets having an idol. Like that's the only thing that I can think. And I think that that's actually quite smart because like I was thinking about, you know, we interviewed Sophie Clark a couple of months ago on this podcast and she was talking about how she has become convinced that idols are grenades in the game and they put such a public target on you uh, that it's almost not worth it to have one. I mean, like the risks far outweigh the benefits of like potentially making a big move using an idol. And I think that Shay probably recognizes that. She sees in this conversation that a group of people are targeting Khan, uh, who are supposed to be his allies, because he has an idol. And she steps up and goes, I'm willing to get rid of my idol before anybody has an opportunity to talk behind her back about flushing hers. Like, I just think that that was brilliant and puts her back in the safety position of like middle to bottom of the alliance, just like floating around there comfortably. What's funny is she came into the conversation last. Like she joined into this ever expanding conversation about Sophie um with Nina and with uh, KJ and everybody else that's already there participating. So when she came in, I love that she had no knowledge of what was really going on, but she was a team player. And was really willing to show and prove herself as a, you know, an important piece of the plan. I loved that. And I think she deserves a lot of credit for her strategic play and her quick thinking on the spot. <clears throat> now, this overall plan, I honestly don't buy it. 
I, I don't I don't think it was ever going to come to fruition. Um, there's something about the fact that I know I'm getting a slightly I'm getting like one scene ahead of myself. But Chrissy is roped into this plan and she's like, okay, yeah, I'll vote con. You know, she she participates in this ever-growing plan that Nina is kind of facilitating a little bit, the thoughts of KJ to the bigger group. And Chrissy says nothing to Khan. Now, what we've already seen a couple episodes ago was they have a tight little relationship. They have each other's back. They have an unspoken thing with each other. And the fact that Chrissy would go up to Khan while he's making food and not give him any heads up at all, not say a single word. I honestly think this entire scene was created to distract us from the possibility of it being very straightforward and Sophie is always the plan. I, I really think mm. that. I think they were just uh, appeasing KJ to make her feel good, to make her feel like she has a chance, you know, make her feel heard and putting all these contingencies in place. But I don't think Khan was ever actually in danger. I really, really don't. I, I think it was just, oh yeah, KJ, that is a good idea. Because Nina was also spitballing way too easily. Like, oh yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I did think that about Nina. Yeah. It was too easy for her to say this plan very vocally to people. I just don't buy it. I think it's bullshit. I think, I think it was always going to be Sophie. I do. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I could see that. I could certainly see it. But, but it was exciting way, nonetheless. They, they edited us a very fun strategy session. And I was very stressed for Khan. I really was. Until that Chrissy moment when she didn't have his back. I was like, I don't buy this. Mm-hmm. But up until that minute, I was like, oh, and oh, Khan, my baby, no. I, I was sad. I was sad for him. I think part of my problem is we haven't seen Chrissy kind of since the premiere or the first two episodes, Chrissy has really disappeared into the background, which is unfortunate because she's such a fun storyteller and narrator. Um, But it's hard for me to know where she stands on the con situation now. And, you know, we didn't really get her perspective on what's going on with his idol and what's going on with Sophie coming into the camp. We don't really know anything about that because actually like, Chrissy and Sophie are like on paper, sort of similar types. They, I mean, I think I'm assuming they're like indoorsy girls who like their comforts. And uh, I don't know if they're around the same age, but they give me the same vibe. I feel like Chrissy, Chrissy could want Sophie to stick around as like a, a, an option. That's not her. That's a little bit more on the outside. That's not her, but I don't know. I wish that we could check in with Chrissy again. Yeah, I love her. And I have <laughs> seen her be less and less in the episodes. I'm I'm not scared for her being voted out. It's not something like that. And we're getting these very nice little moments. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know it's ahead, but Croc has a little bit of a medical scary moment in the next episode. And Chrissy is just such an anchor for him. She's so calm in almost every situation. And when she needs to be domineering, when she needs to be shouting, like, get your shit together, do this, do this. She is truly such a great team player. I love to see it. Uh, I I wish we were seeing a little bit more individualism from her and some more Mm -hmm. gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so all this to say, none of this matters because we go to tribal and despite Khan wearing his cute pink tracksuit uh, <laughs> for Jonathan, <laughs> he's not going home and neither is Shay or Sophie. Uh, instead, Alex, uh, unfortunately, makes the decision that he has to leave the game because his injury is not getting better. It's getting worse. And, uh, you know. It is what it is. So No, it's not it is what it is. Alex is being ridiculous. He could have quit the next damn morning and let them vote Sophie's ass out. Alex, if you are listening, I'm pissed off at you. That was Alex isn't listening. That I know. But like <laughs> what the hell? Let um, them vote yeah. that lady off and then be even one step closer by getting two people in one day out. Oh my gosh, I'm yeah, so annoyed. Yeah, I forgot to mention that they kind of like asked if everyone would vote him out and everyone was like, no, we're not. I loved Mark's boldness. I loved him yeah. being like, I'm not doing it. Sorry, boo. Yeah, <laughs> I did like that. I did like that a lot. And I really thought that they were going to convince him to uh, stay at least for the night. But- you know, I mean, like, he's a young guy and his back's going to be fucked up for a long time. So, like, I also get just, like, wanting to leave. If you've convinced yourself that you're leaving, you just want to leave. Yeah. I still didn't you know? like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to try to put myself in his situation because I, would sh- I wouldn't even make it to tribal. I'd be like, get me the damn helicopter, Jonathan. <laughs> you know what I was I almost said Jeff. <laughs> You know what I was thinking the whole time um, Khan was there in his pink little getup? I was wondering if he was wearing the same hoodie that you and I both have, that the string, you can't pull it out. The whole time I was like, I wonder no, if the string- No, his is way nicer. Yeah, I he brought tell. the expensive one. We got yeah. the H&M Express. We got the H&M. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Episode five He's is got done, the Master Chef money. <laughs> okay, let's go into episode six. At the Blood Tribe, uh, Jesse is in the market for a new nickname because it's not Australian Survivor. If you don't get a nickname, they're throwing out the kid, but also a hard no on Juicy Jesse for me. <laughs> it's little, he's, he looks like a fun person. He's he's looks yeah. like a really a nice little light to have around camp. He's having a good time. Yeah. At water, KJ and Sophie recognize that they have a huge target on their backs. So Sophie gets this bright idea to approach Khan and tell him that she was very quickly told that he has an idol and that no one would expect them to work together. So basically, she's trying to say, like, look, your tribe has already outed you as having an idol to me. Like, you shouldn't trust them. Why don't we work together? And he's sort of just like sitting there taking it in. And then we get this great confessional from Khan <laughs> saying, no chance. <laughs> no fucking chance. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. It's cute. Um, at Blood, Sandra is concerned about the Day 16 curse. She says that it's happened twice before that her tribe loses immunity and she goes home on Day 16. Uh, day 16 will not happen in this episode, Confusing. but it feels like it's a little bit of foreshadowing to the next episode. So it's basically she's saying, you know, I might get through here. If I get through this round, I'm really scared of that Day 16 curse. And I too am scared for the sick day 16 curse especially uh, having seen in the uh, preview for next week that we have a tribe swap coming up you know the dynamics might change but uh, we will see 
So Sam, Amy, Michelle, and Sandra are talking about their options, and Sandra suggests Dave, but Amy and Sam seem to want him to stick around. Sandra wants him out because she believes he wrote her name down. So finally, we're getting some explicit confirmation that the uh, rogue vote that Sam cast for Dave uh, way back in Kate's elimination episode has been put on Dave and that apparently Dave uh, denied it outright and nobody believes him. So like Sam has pulled this off without a hitch, it seems, which is amazing. Like, I think that that's my, one of my favorite moves that has taken place. That's really been under the radar in terms of how it's been presented in the edit, because like we said, Sam didn't really get to explain this to us in a confessional, but it's so interesting that this is still sort of like simmering for Sandra. And of course we had way back then as they were going to that Kate tribal, Sandra saying, if you write my name down, you go home. Yeah. And there's something even big, even larger than just this idea of, I get a lot of heat for bringing up Jeannie voting for me even though it wasn't that big of a deal to me, but it's this thing of like, oh, he just can't drop it. It it, it seems like a very personal thing. And yet in this setting, for whatever reason, it's so much bigger. Sandra's having her moment of like, oh, I'm pissed off. No, he he voted for me. I'm going to write his ass down. I'm going to get him out of the game. But the, I don't know if it's just the Australian people, but the integrity part, it's actually affecting the larger tribe. Because there were multiple people that are like, oh, and he won't cop to it? Like, they're questioning his integrity for not being bold enough to admit that he wrote down her name. And so it's actually having even bigger ramifications than just pissing off the queen. And that's pretty cool to see, like, Sam, it's making this move even big. I mean, she's not doing anything to make it bigger. But it it's echoing. It's it's it has a bigger presence than we realized initially. Yeah, yeah. So we start to see this feud between Amy and Sandra develop because Sandra is uh, is wanting Dave out, and Amy says, "No, I don't want Dave out." She's scared shitless of targeting Sandra, but she pulls David aside to tell him that Sandra wants him out still and that she wants to take a shot at Sandra if possible. Um, Sandra is certainly like onto this already. She's calling uh, Amy, Jay, and Dave a thruple, thruple trouble, (laughs) (laughs) which I love. I don't know who taught Sandra the term thruple, but I love them. So yeah, there's this is obviously going to play out a little later in the episode, but some interesting um, seeds being planted here. Pretty interesting for Amy to jump ship when she, I know her and Sandra clearly were not that close because of the foreshadowing we saw of Sandra being willing to let Amy take the fall for the, um, the blind side of Sophie. But still, Amy has a relationship with Sandra. They talk fairly openly mm-hmm. with one another. And so for her to, choose dave you're gonna put yourself you're gonna attach yourself to that ship that's just like amy i had i was rooting for you i'm gonna tyra banks it i was rooting for you and now you are making misstep after misstep i'm just not impressed it makes me sad because i wanted her to do so well (laughs) 
There has to be an element here on the blood tribe of everybody in the back of their mind wanting to be the queen slayer. Yeah, yeah. Just for the resume, it's probably always there and people are probably always bringing it up, but we're only seeing it when Sandra's onto it, maybe. Yeah. So I just feel like sort of because of what's going to happen here, I think uh, we're seeing Amy sort of be the one to make this misstep. Regardless, yeah, you still shouldn't attach yourself to Dave. I don't care about none of the other stuff. It doesn't make sense when you are not in a power position yet. She could easily attach herself to Dave if he's still around and she's kind of calling the shots. But at this moment, you're not calling the shots. So I'm just, I'm confused about the motivation for wanting to keep Dave safe. But Mm -hmm. there must be something we're not seeing. Yeah. Um, So we go to a reward challenge and we have another water combat challenge facing off three to three. The first person to get a ball and get it over their tribe's finish line scores a point. Okay. Um, They are playing for a club sandwich and some juice. Uh, (laughs) Perfect for Juicy Dave. But unfortunately, Juicy Dave's not getting his juice because water wins the reward. And over at Water, Mark is concerned about Khan's idol and, uh, you know, just keeps coming up. I think we're going to see this probably come to a head next week, would be my guess, depending on how the swap goes. But uh, Mark (laughs) is also very aware that reward challenges often come with idols or clues. (laughs) And so he takes the opportunity once he's done his club sandwich to... (laughs) casually walk over to the table that the sandwiches were on and fully flip the table i love that he said it it's like this dream moment can i do something i've always wanted to do oh yeah it's so cute Uh, and i i will not forgive you for leaving out the the most important part of that challenge Jonathan saying a lot of beef on deck (laughs) when mark and croc were oh it's so I'm sorry. funny. <laughs> I'm sorry I did not pause for that. Yes, yes. Let's, let us have a moment to reflect on the beef on deck. <laughs> yeah, I just wrote down in quotes, a lot of beef on deck and God, I need to buy a Speedo. Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, at Blood, Amy, Dave, and Jay are going idol hunting. Uh, Of course, Sandra is aware of this because she's aware of everything. And Sandra, (laughs) Sam, and Michelle also decide to go idol hunting. Amy finds the idol first, and it's the style of idol that Shay found where there is a pole on the ground and you need to use it to retrieve the idol from high up in a tree. It seems on first watch that nobody sees Amy retrieve this idol and she has it uh, perfectly wrapped up in the bag with only her knowing about it. Of course, we will find out later that Michelle saw the whole thing. I really kind of wish... mm, I'm of two minds of this now that I say that. I kind of wish that we had seen Michelle watch her find it. Maybe they didn't have a camera on Michelle, but I feel Michelle has been severely under-edited so far considering that she seems to be Sandra's number one ally in the game, at least based on just their body language and the way that they are around each other all the time. And Sandra has always pitched her uh, strategy to Michelle first before Mm -hmm. anybody else. 
Um, so it would have been nice to see her like in on this, but of course it is also like a really fun moment for her to just reveal it later that she did see this. You know, I'm having such conflicting feelings about Michelle's edit. Um, when the cast first was released, the first person I said to you that I think is winning the game was Michelle, not on the podcast, but like she was the first one. I absolutely was certain she was like my girl. And I'm, I'm really torn. Cause I, I feel like I don't know the Australian edit the way I know the American one. And it's not even really been consistent where I, I feel like in American, they could hide the winner until they want to introduce their story. But in Australia, and I always kind of felt like they give you at least glimpses of the mm-hmm. winner at the beginning, even if they let them fade into the background. But with Michelle, we're, we're getting invisible. And that's mm-hmm. weird when I think she has so much promise. And I've seen rumblings on social media of how she's a beast in challenges. Her and her twin sister are so strong. They're so athletic. And they're just cutting them out. And I'm confused. Is it because there's not time? Is it because we don't want to overshow them because they potentially have the long game in them? Or are they just not necessary to the season? And I'm hoping... I mean, it's definitely not because they don't have time because these are fucking long episodes. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't, I, I really don't know how to feel because I feel like Michelle specifically of that twin ship has the the chops to make it far even though I'm not seeing it in yeah. the edit, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Michelle got her first confessional in this episode. Uh, her twin Mel has still had no confessionals. Uh, I mean, you know, I think that it's, although sometimes I love the editing on Australian survivor. Sometimes it can be very frustrating. I mean, do do I love to hear from Sandra? Yes. Do I need 45 Sandra confessionals? Uh, half of which are just, I'm so good at this game. They're not even going to see me comment. Like, uh, you know, mm, I would, I would rather, you know, have one or two from Mel and Michelle or, you know, one from Jay, who's going to go home this episode. <laughs> he so did not get he had zero, zero confessionals. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. So it could be a little more evenly distributed. You know, I'm going to put my faith in them that it's all going to work out in the end. But uh, it's it's going to make me nervous once Michelle and Mel start do getting confessionals because I feel like they're not going to be longed for the game after that point. Yeah, this scramble that takes place after Amy finds the idol is so weird to me. It's like, I, I'm so confused by like decisions that are made because right afterward, actually, I'm confused that Michelle hesitated to tell Sandra that the idol was found. I don't know why she mm-hmm. didn't just tell her immediately. I mean, she told her pretty promptly, but still she, she waited a beat. And that's, that shows me a little bit more of her strategy of like, I'm thinking about this. I'm not just Sandra's puppy. And that's why that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I'm thinking there's more to her than just being a presence and a number for Sandra. Like she's thinking things through, but we're not seeing the motivation of why, like, Mm-hmm. Are you hesitant with Sandra? Do you have like what what's going on here? I'm confused that the story somehow makes its way to Jordan that they want to flush Amy's idol kind of out of like 
now Amy's the target. Now we want Amy to go. Now we want the idol to be played. It's, it happened so quick. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Uh, and like, I think because we had sort of like seen Sandra talk to the alpha males, like she was trying to get them on side again, which I think was actually like quite a good gesture considering sort of where they were at post-Sophie. And like, really, it seemed like Sandra took out Sophie, not because she was aligned with the physically strong players, but because of the way that she was acting. Mm -hmm. And it was like, well, now they are without a leader, and I'm comfortable stepping into that role. Um, So she's like almost scooping them up, but maybe like made a slight misstep in terms of trusting all of them, because it seems to me, based on the edit, that Jordan is very close with Amy. It seems like whatever, for whatever reason, whether they're hitting it off or what, uh, it was enough that he runs back to Amy immediately and is like, I hear you have an idol. Yeah, and tells her to play it. And yeah, I think what's so frustrating about this is... Similar to my complaint with Amy in attaching herself to David when you see he's a sinking ship, you're watching this play out in real time, Jordan. You are seeing that you are on the bottom. You don't have your leader anymore. Sophie was just voted out. You, Croc, and Ben are desperate for Sandra to like you. And you're made privy to this freaking plan. And your first thought is, you know what? I'm going to go against the plan and tell Amy to play her idol. Like, what are you doing? I don't care if you like Amy. Why are you not taking this moment, this opportunity to be in with the numbers? You once again are ousting yourself to this person that's not playing the game logically in this episode, which is really surprising to me. And then Amy outs you as being the rat. Amy tells everybody that you said. Jordan, play the idol. Great. How, like, Mm. (laughs) great, Jordan. (laughs) Now I'm like frustrated for him because I just don't get the motivation. I don't care if you like her. She's not the one who can keep you safe right now. And I I, I feel like we're getting a few players that are just doing unbelievably well. And then a few that cannot read the beach for the life of them right now. And it's really hard to see because they're so polarizing. It's so apparent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And it's interesting, again, to look at where Jesse and Sam are sitting in all of this because you know, Sandra's telling them to vote Amy and Amy is also going to. So there's a scene where Amy goes to Jay, Jesse, Sam and Ben and is confirming that they're all going to vote for Sandra. And I was really surprised to see Jesse and Sam in this conversation and Amy talking to them so openly and with such trust and just like, and I mean, the way that the conversation is going down, it's just like she's confirming their votes for Sandra. Like they've already had the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting how like the dynamics have completely shifted since the Sophie vote. And yet Jesse and Sam remain in the middle. It feels like they're they're really like managing to navigate that flip vote, middle vote really well. I don't know how they're doing it. They are a very... It, it's unfortunate that um, he's not getting any of the credit and we're giving so much to Amy because they're really a fantastic duo. We're just not hearing from him. 
We're not getting the confessionals. Mm-hmm. We're not getting anything but like funny little juicy Jesse moments. <laughs> but yeah. you know, like as a duo, they're the strongest. It seems. Aside from yeah. possibly Michelle and Sandra, which in, in that situation as well, it's very one-sided. We're not hearing Michelle. We're only hearing Sandra. Should we go to tribal? I mean, we skipped the immunity challenge, but that's okay. Obviously, blood is going to tribal. <laughs> wasn't much to say. We had Crocs medical mishap, which we already uh, talked about. So yeah. let's go straight to tribal. Uh, Sandra notes that Amy didn't talk to her before tribal, and she says that experience tells her she is getting votes tonight. Again, like great awareness from Sandra here. She's just once again showing her experience in this game over uh, certain others. And there's a there's another great moment where this happens where Amy says that she's heard her name thrown out today, and Jonathan says, "Well, why do you?" Why do you think that your name's out there? And she takes this long pause thinking like, I don't know what to say. Like, what should I reveal? Like it, the, the pause is too long. And often the pauses are long on Australian Survivor, but they're like edited that way so that they can make it like a soap opera, rock opera <laughs> at Tribal Council. Uh, but clearly her pause was long because Sandra goes, say it. Now's the time to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I and it's just such a good way to like it. take the person that you're targeting and make them feel even more uncomfortable. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> say, <laughs> I love that moment. So I don't really have yeah. anything to say about it, but I just love that. Moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Amy uh, reveals that she has an idol, and Jay and Dave are surprised by this. Hysterical. Now, this is wild because the, this is the thruple. And everybody else knows. Everybody else. Like Jordan knows, and he's not even in the thruple. Amy is just, when to, once everybody knows, especially the people that you don't want to know, you better run and tell your closest ally members. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I th- this has taken a turn. I did not anticipate this turning into an Amy bash, but I'm, I'm just pretty disappointed by the decision making in this episode i mean i i feel for her because i I really do like amy and i think that she really made a valiant effort in terms of a big move here Mm -hmm. uh but you know only one big move can win and unfortunately she sandra played circles around her uh because it's a little bit unfair but you know sandra has many many seasons of experience over amy and so clearly there was like uh just cracks in amy's game here and cracks in her confidence a little bit in comparison to sandra and going toe-to-toe with her and they showed and luckily, Amy had the idol to play for herself and had the relationship with Jordan where she was given that heads up to play it. So, like, I don't think she's in a terrible position right now. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't feel comfortable going back to camp after trying to take Sandra out. But, <laughs> you know, there's going to be a tribe swap. They don't know that yet, but there's going to be a tribe swap. So I, I think Amy could come back from this okay. Uh, but, you know... She tried to slay the queen and and she didn't do it. She took the shot and she missed. So uh, it's a little it's a little tricky for her, I think, moving forward. But maybe she's also exposed uh, that that Sandra's got a lot of 
good moves in her left and that maybe her threat level has been raised from just the lady that's in the background that is kind of cool to be on a camp with. Mm -hmm. Because now this is like a couple moves that Sandra has pulled off. I wonder if Amy is a victim of timing and the edit, if maybe the whisper from Jordan to play the idol and where people were exposing her idol was literally like right before leaving for tribal. I wonder if she really just didn't have the opportunity. That's the only thing I can Mm. think of. Cause if you're, if you are telling, like if you're going to be playing this idol for yourself, they're obviously going to hear, they're going to be a little bit hurt. I'm assuming there must be some timing related thing where she just didn't have the opportunity. Cause I, she is aware enough in this game. I know she's a newbie compared to Sandra, but she's also really like sly. We see her after Sandra plants the seeds, telling people like the the hammock plan. You know, she got the votes. She rallied the troops, and she did it in a very effective way that Sophie did not see it coming. And so Amy mm-hmm. is clearly a really, really great player. I, I wonder if the edit is trying to make her look confused or make Sandra look really threatening for what you just said. Like now people can target Sandra and it have a lot of value instead of just taking her out just because she's famous. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't think I came away from this thinking like Amy really fucked up. I think I came away from this being like Amy really tried something and it might've been great for her game, but it didn't work. And I think that like, it's not in a way that I'm like, well, Amy's days are numbered. It's in a way that like Amy's going to try again and maybe she's going to have learned a thing or two by her next uh, attempt at a big move. And she, she, I still think she could do very well, personally. Yeah, and I think Jordan could too. I, I... She didn't get any kind of like a dodo edit or whatever. Also interesting since, you, yeah, Jordan, um, like Jordan voted for Jay, even though Jordan went to Amy and said, play your idol tonight. He's, I think... I think this was kind of a smart move for him by being able to save Amy, show her some loyalty by giving her the heads up, but also not fall out of grace with the Sandra crew. Yeah, but then Amy ruined it for him by outing him. Um, Mm, And we'll see. We'll see if there will be repercussions. There might not. It really might just like fade into the background and never be brought up again. Um, Yeah, I think they both have a lot of potential. And that is a big reason, the fact that he didn't even want to elaborate more. He was just like, just play it. Trust me. I wish she had just trusted him, did it, and laid under the radar. I'm just, there are just some little missteps, but I still see a lot of promise. I see a lot of hope. I'm giving her another chance, Amy. I'm giving you another chance, boo. And uh, hey, she's, even if she missed uh, her shot at Sandra, at least she got a great idol play in uh, uh-huh. with, the, with the quote, not tonight, Satan. Not tonight. Like, okay, also, her. <laughs> I love their accents because how did she pronounce Satan? It, it, it was just a way I didn't even Can't realize remember. she said Satan. <laughs> it was so cute. And then her strutting over with the idol over his shoulder. Oh. It was a very, very cute moment. I think I think uh, Khan posted a picture of it on Instagram. <laughs> uh, we haven't we haven't discussed Audios Mate. Oh, which I think is rising to one of uh, uh, maybe the top ten, top fifteen Sandra <laughs> quotes of all time, uh, simply by the nature of the repetition. 
<laughs> but she has really stuck to it. I, I almost thought it was like a, a casual thing that she just made up on the spot during her first vote. But no, no, no. She came in to brand herself Audios Mate every time she votes. It's so cute. I, you know, Sandra really, Sandra really came into this with a lot of thoughtfulness. And I'm not saying that she wasn't thoughtful in previous seasons, but I think she definitely was resting on, what's that phrase? Resting on your laurels, feeling a little comfortable in previous seasons, just knowing I'm the queen, I can figure it out, I can navigate it on the fly. She really did her research and thought about every decision. And I think the added complexity of her daughter being there and her not wanting to mess up her daughter's opportunity, it's really cool to see she's learned some new tricks. I'm very, very genuinely impressed with Sandra, not just because she's a legend and because it's fun to watch her. I I just, I'm really, I'm so glad she's still in the game and I hope she passes the 16 16 day curse. I really do. Yeah, totally. Okay, last last thought though. Who has the best chance, who's like in the best standing edit wise for you? Who's doing the best? Oh, I think clearly Sam. Sam? I think, yeah, I think Sam is in the absolute best position um, of the obvious people. And I think Michelle's in the best position of the more stealth folks. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like the choice of Michelle. Yep. I think they're really underplaying the fact that she's Sandra's number one ally. And that's a big thing to underplay. Yep. Okay. Fabulous. She's the Krista of this season. Krista. (laughs) Um, Okay. Before we go, I have a voice memo i want to play for you i haven't been soliciting voice memos on uh the australian recaps because i know that they're going to be long and voice memos add a lot of time but we got a voice memo from an australian listener and as you know we are trying to gain more australian listeners so (laughs) so i want to encourage them uh (laughs) it's uh It's biased treatment, but here we go. This is from Nicola. I think that she wants to ask a couple of things, but one about the Sophie question and then uh, something else. Okay. Or the Sophie situation, rather. Hello, Sean and Ricard. Um, It's Nicola from Eora, also known as Sydney, Australia. Um, So happy you guys are covering Aussie Survivor. And... um, the biggest, biggest win is that um, Sandra has survived another week, which I really didn't see coming after this last episode, Um, which I want her to win. I'm just going to say it. Like, Sandra should win Aussie Survivor, hands down. Um, I just think it would be such a great redemption for her after a couple of, you know, less potent showings um, playing Survivor. Anyway, um, although we love a later in life queer, (laughs) Sophie is annoying the shit out of me, acting like her team was stupid for voting her out and that they should have expected her to go to the other tribe and then, you know, survive another non-tribal tribal. and just acting so scorned as if she'd never seen an episode of Survivor and, you know, how dare she get voted out, which I get it, but, like, she has no problem voting other people out and 
I don't know, that was just a weird thing. But I wanted to know, did you think that the other tribe being there, witnessing the tribal, they should have seen it coming, um, that Sophie's tribe mates should have expected her to go to the other tribe? So we kind of like answered all of that, but in short, agree with everything you say that, yeah, Sandra would be iconic to win for a third time. Yes, the uh, tribes should have seen it coming. And I think that they probably did for the most part. Maybe some uh, were a little bit confused or on the outs if they're not uh, big Survivor watchers, which we know that Australian Survivor has many of those uh, among the cast. But yeah, Sophie, you know, I think we went on our rants about Sophie. Do you have anything to say? Because there's another part to this. You know, I, I feel like... <sighs> I wonder if it was apparent in real life that Sophie was tanking their game. Um, it, tribal is really, really intimidating. And I, I feel like there are so many questions that are answered that I don't listen to other people's answers because I'm so stressed about what I'm going to say when I'm asked a question. And uh, a, a pretty big thing that most people don't see is that a question will be asked in a lot of situations. The same question could be asked to four or five people for them to get the the best answer for that episode or for that tribal, depending on the vote. And so it's really easy to get lost um, in a situation and to not really have a read on who's going home and who's actually in danger. It's really easy. At least maybe I'm too in my head of a player, of a person. But I could see them actually not seeing that coming. I, I just think it is a possibility. I think Sophie should have had enough signs at camp to see that she was on the block, though. I, I, but I won't, mm -hmm. I won't say anything about the other team. It's, it's really easy to miss stuff there. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, so Nicola also sent a message saying, I know you don't want to do an accent, but you should try and drop in Survivor, Survivor, and Water. <laughs> so uh, I think she provided us a little bit of a tutorial here. Okay, yeah. Survivor. Blood versus Water. 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 Give it a go or don't. It's up to you. Survivor. I just think it'd be so funny to hear you say Water. Water. Instead of Water. Water. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Water. All right. Love you guys. Oh, love you. <laughs> <laughs> so war, duh. If we want to like valley, war, duh. Water. Oh, the years was quite good. Water. 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 Break it down like I just did. War, duh. I don't hear the war in yours. Water. That's what I said. Water. <laughs> Sure it is. <laughs> okay, and survivor. That's quite I enough. miss. I miss the beginning. That is, but survivor. That is quite enough. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week to recap uh, week three of Survivor Blood vs Water, and <laughs> I can't wait for that to see if the queen stays queening. We've got a tribe swap. There's so much uh, to talk about. Hopefully, it's a little less messy or just as messy because this was fun too. Uh, if you're Australian, send us a voice memo. <laughs> yes. And, you know, tag 
the show. Hype it up in your Instagram stories. Do yeah, all tell the your things friends. for your friends who are Survivor fans to listen yeah. to us say water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I know that we've had uh, some very special Australian listeners, and I hope that we can get many more. Uh, and maybe in the future, in our recaps, you will hear some familiar Australian voices. Uh, that could be in the cards as well. So make sure you're subscribed to this podcast so you don't miss our future recaps uh, as well. Um, I'm hearing a rumor that, well, by the time this is out, probably season 42's cast will be announced. Uh <laughs> Uh, so that is quite exciting. Uh, of course, Evan Ross Katz and myself will be recapping season 42 when that starts in March. And we have lots of uh, great interviews with alumni uh, planned for you in the future and some deep dives on some topics that we are passionate about, including dream casting, second chances too. Uh, Ricard, I can't confirm or deny whether you're on my list. So oh, yeah. have to subscribe to make sure you don't miss that episode. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye.